80. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. I'm going to get right into the email box. Of course, your phone calls are the primary element if you make them. Uh, But, Mark, we had uh, at least one we didn't get to last night that you'd wanted to, and now you've gotten more, so let's just... uh, Jump through a couple of these. Yeah, I, um, this this is an email sort of update from a uh, a, a guy who had written us previously, and, and he had a really sad story. Apparently his uh, dad and mom were breaking up. I have the email here. Um, <clears throat> he's 17 years old, and he dropped out of public school to move on with his life. Uh, no regrets there, he says. The reason I'm emailing you is to tell you about something that has affected me in a huge way in this past month or so. My dad left my mom early this year. I took my dad's side somewhat because I knew that some of the extenuating circumstances that my younger siblings did not know of. All of my siblings took it very hard and hated my dad for it. Mm. There are also some very negative feelings from them towards me because obviously he took their sides. Two weeks after my dad moved out, my 11-year-old sister went to a therapist. She then made allegations of molestation against my dad and myself. Well, I can't say for sure that my dad didn't do anything. I can say that I did absolutely nothing. Furthermore, when asked uh, when such events occurred, she stated it happened seven years ago. This was the 11-year-old sister. Hmm. Um, I don't know about you. I don't remember much from four. age four. Yeah. One might be able to argue that something very traumatic you would remember. However, doesn't it seem odd that they, you would molest a four-year-old, presumably up to the point of four, or at one time um, at, at four, and then... Never do it again for seven years. I really don't know what is odd and not in the world of those people. Just, just try to try, try to think about. Okay, it. Mark, I it's mean, odd, right? <laughs> well, it's. Whatever. I mean, it's. A, I assume they're sexually motivated, right? I I, I don't know about you, Hard but to when say. I I, I, I want to have sex more often than once every seven years, personally. I see where you're coming from. I'm not going to jump out. You know, I'm not going to go on a on a limb on that one. Yeah. Anyway, that made uh, him ten. So, and his father, obviously, whatever his father's age was. Anyway, he said uh, he's wanted to email many months ago about how his dad had got accused of molesting his sister, and it's been a long road. But my dad's court date was yesterday. Oh my! So this is so the, now we're in the new. Email. Yeah, this is the updated email. I should have mentioned. I thought I'd send you the highlights from the hospital my dad is in now. Uh oh. The DA what? said to the judge, the defendant claims to have no mental problems, but takes Xanax on a regular basis. Why is this? He had no legit prescription, and I don't see how this is even relevant. After my dad left the court, he came home, had a heart attack. Oh, man. We had to call 911 because he couldn't drive in the snow, and our home was flooded with medics and cops. One of the cops found out my dad's court situation from my stepmother and started harassing us about the full alcohol bottles, not out in the open, um, in a wine cabinet on a bookshelf, saying it was a violation of probation. It had been just a few hours since he found out the terms of it, so... It, um, nice. Yeah. So the, the so the cop left us alone about it, but I had a slightly irrational hatred for the cop, and it took everything I had not to sock him. I bet. My dad given had, had was given 18 months probation. Now, does that make? I mean, that, that doesn't sound like the court convicted a man of child molestation, does it? It's no. like it, it's like they just well, we got to give him something. 18 months. Hmm. Probation. Anger management classes and alcohol classes. We were told that all alcohol must be removed from the house or locked up. Oh, and your website is blocked from the hospital. Such a shame I attached the image for the hell Wait, of it. Wait, Free it Talk says, Lives website? Yep. It says that you're uh, categorized as political slash activist groups. Gotcha. Yep. And are blocked as such. 
So um, he goes on and says, uh, this is the initial email that I sent you guys and gave it, for, uh, gave it to me. Very convenient. Um, and when I stated, talked about the legal problems, you read it on air. I'm sorry if I'm wasting your time with this story. Why would this be a waste of time? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, could just, I just hear the, 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 you know, this poor kid, his whole world's been crushed around him over this silly allegation. Wow. And it's all, you know, the, these breakups get that way. And that's the problem. And this it's is, just because. This is the gun in the room. This is a very, uh, uh, you know, a clear example of how the government is used easily by people to go after other people that they don't like for so, some reason. So all we have is this. 11-year-old girl's story about what allegedly happened when she was four. Right. That's all they've got to go on. There's yes. no actual evidence beyond that. Yeah. A man and a woman broke up. And and the she kids poisoned took sides. The, probably poisoned the kid's mind with some sort of lies and who well, knows what happened. I, I, I don't even I, – I wouldn't speculate as to what um, the, the kid was necessarily – you know, it's just – the kids are going to naturally take sides in this, and I don't know yeah. what the you know whether the mom was fair or not. It, it's hard to say, but you know, it's it's just really sad. And and the government got brought in, and it doesn't know how any how to do anything but crush and destroy. Well, that is what it does best. That's what governments do, and they don't have any other tools. So I don't know why people still have this love. For the state, why right. it is that they believe that the state can dispense justice. Look at this case. The state is, what is the state, I mean, what is the role here? Just to oppress and harm people? Do they feel like they're doing the right thing because they made this decision to punish this man right. for something that there's no real evidence for? Well, and, and it's really, you know, the, this punishment um, is something that he's sort of, uh, you know, he's going along with to some extent because really all the state has is violence. Well, right. He's going along with it because if he doesn't show up at court, then a bunch of guys show up at his right. house, failure to appear. Right. And then it's, you're in jail immediately. Right? Sure, because it's violence. Because, you know, they, 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 gave, they, they give jail time, they give probation. If you don't want to go to jail or probation, then that's when the violence happens. If you, yeah. you know, if you don't want to pay their fine, that's when the violence, you get a, you'll get a jail term. If you don't want to go to jail, then the violence happens. It's all yeah. it's got. All they have is men with guns that don't mind using them. Oh, well, that's what happened to me, and it's what will happen to you if you push them all the way to the end. And they don't want to get it to that point. And that, that's what uh, the code enforcer here in Keene said. He said he didn't want to see me in jail. Well, of course not, because it shows the system for what it is. If somebody who's peaceful ends up getting put behind bars and people are attention is brought to it, then it shows them for what they are, and that is a, a violent gang. And they don't probably believe that they're criminals. They probably believe that they're doing what's right, that doing their job is doing what's right, and doing their job entails putting peaceful people behind bars. And you it's know, just sick. And they, well, they, they claim the high ground of order. You know, they are establishing order. But is this the establishment of order? Anybody who listens to this the, is a destruction of a man's life. The, the facts that are presented here. And I can only, you know, I only assume that they're true because it's uh, because of the emailer. But, you know, if you go after this case, the fact is there's one just like it out there somewhere. And it's probably not far. You probably don't have to go beyond one or two towns over to find something very similar. Yeah. So it's 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 a really sad story. And, um, you know, there's an update. So we have. We ask all the time for updates from our uh, people dealing with the government. Sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't. So good to hear that. Well, I mean, good to hear the update, not good to hear <laughs> yeah, what, right. what happened. Uh, the guy's in the hospital, had a heart attack, and when he comes out of the heart attack situation, presuming he comes out of it, he's going to be uh, completely restricted in his life. Yeah, for 18 for months. For 18 months.
And if he gets a VOP, then he's going in the clink, right? Well, yeah. I... <laughs> and, and who knows how hardcore the uh, probation officers are going to play it. It's pretty much in their hands, right? You could get a probation officer that's somewhat cool and maybe won't come to your house and toss your house. Or maybe you'll get one that's a total jerk and he'll come in on a regular basis. You don't, and we don't know what uh, kind of criteria probation officers use to uh, you know, show that they're doing their jobs. It could very well be that the, the chief probation officer of that general area says, look, you're not doing your job. It's pretty obvious you're not doing your job. Not enough people are going to jail. And mm-hmm. it, it, like, it would be an indicator, right, that they're doing their job, uh, doing a job, doing something. If people were going to jail, it would be an indicator that they, it could be an indicator that they're doing um, nothing if people weren't going to jail. Do you understand? It's possible. 1-800-259-9231. If you've been in a similar situation, you want to comment on this, you're certainly welcome to do so. Or maybe you think that the right thing was done here. Maybe you think that if a little kid says something about daddy or mommy or whatever doing something that makes an allegation that that holds uh, water for whatever reason, and you believe that action like this should be taken. You believe that people should be put in prison cells on the word of what one other person says. I feel like there should be more evidence that's necessary. Am I wrong about that? You see, this is the thing. is, is, is It turns into this sort of uh, compromise, uh, and that's what it seemed to turn into. Because this guy's obviously – the court obviously didn't think this guy was a child molester. If they did, they'd have put him in prison. So these are sort of compromised by giving him 18 months probation. Was it a plea? Do we know if it was a plea, Marty? I, 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 that was, I did not get that indication <laughs> that it was, in fact, a plea, no. That is the number. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. Toll free. Brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Just another travesty of the so-called justice system. Can we please introduce some competition and the free marketplace into this realm and actually help save some people's lives from being ruined completely? More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, those features, by the way, include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. If you go to listen.freetalklive.com, that's listen. .freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. Now, just a moment ago, Mark, you were telling us, uh, giving us an update from the email box about some uh, a listener of ours whose dad is in a real tough way at the moment, uh, suffered a heart attack after getting out of court. He was in court because he went through a, a breakup with his, was it his wife? I guess it was his wife. And she sort of, I guess, allegedly brainwashed some of the kids. One of them made some allegations about what he allegedly did as far as sexual molestation. You're when drawing some um, conclusions from what we read, but yes. She was uh, much younger at the time when that happened. And yes, I am drawing a conclusion because there's no real evidence of the sexual molestation beyond what she claims. And so he was given 18 months probation, and it was after that that he had the heart attack. And we were just commenting on how heartless the government system is. And they care to, cl- I mean, they claim to care. 
they claim that they, you know they're out there to help the poor and to help the disadvantaged and we're out here looking out for you we got your retirement plan taken care of the government positions itself sort of in its PR as being well we're from the government we're here to help and right. some of them really believe that that's what they're doing so let's look at a different story where the government's helping out this story from the National Post and uh, the town of called Caledon may force a three-year-old boy with cerebral palsy to give up his miniature pony. Oh, God. Because government cares. After a neighbor has complained about the smell of the pony. Nice neighbor. Sam Spiteri's grandfather gave him the pony Emily after he was diagnosed with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. That sounds real nice. Yeah. Spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy shortly after birth. The boy cannot walk or even crawl, and Emily is part of his therapy regime. We, when we take him off the pony, he cries, says his mother, Antonia. Even if he's tired, he doesn't want to leave her. But at the end of July, the town notified the Spiteris that the pony had to be removed due to complaints. There's a pony in your yard. We have received complaints. You must remove it now, citizen. Well, fortunately, they uh, likely will uh, win this based on the fact that the kids uh, that it's a service animal. They they can make that argument, but it, it's it's sad. I mean, it just it just goes to show the uh, the heartlessness of it's the whole awful. situation. And uh, you know what what bothers me about this more than anything is I guess I don't have as big a problem with the code if if there is such a thing because you know these uh, these things are in place when, like in a lot of cases when people move in but my biggest problem is is that the person that makes the complaint puts nothing on the line it's the person uh, against whom the complaint is made that has to put everything you know th- th- their their freedom is th- on the line everything's on the line so you know the the one person the, the two parties that have a disagreement well, one person has nothing to lose they just they just employ the state to do whatever it is that they wish and that's where i really have a problem when the state becomes the plaintiff how can the state be the plaintiff it doesn't exist. It's not real. The state is just uh, an imaginary fantasy. That's really all it is. It's men and women doing business at the threat of violence. And that's what's happening to the Spiteris. They are being aggressed against. And I'm sure the neighbor would not want to go over and threaten the Spiteris with violence. I'm sure the complaining neighbor who had, oh, it's a stinky pony, well, they would probably... not go to their front door and pull out a gun and demand that they move the pony. So they're having the government do their dirty work for them, and it's just disgusting. It, it's it's sicking neighbor against neighbor, and in a way that, as you say, Mark, it, it means that the the original complaining party has no real responsibility for what it is that they're doing to other people's lives. They are hiring a gangster, a group of gangsters, to go after their neighbors with threats of violence because if they if they decide, well, we're going to keep this pony. This is our farm. This is our house. We have the right to have a pony in our yard if we want to. We're going to keep it here. Can you imagine what would happen? What do well, you think would happen? <laughs> fines will begin to be levied, okay, likely fines. on a daily basis. Um, then at some point, uh, the, you know, somebody will come by and uh, put notices that you're going to be court date. Court yeah, date. Court yeah. date. Um, you, you know, at the court, at the court, they're going to be found guilty because there's uh, rules against having a pony. We're not paying your fines, and we're not moving the pony. Um, well, <laughs> you're going to go to jail. Uh, you're going to be sentenced. Uh, you're, you're going to jail. Right. Just would like they you. put both parents in jail? Would they, I mean, if, if both parents own the property, uh, would they both go to jail and then they take the kid? How would that play out? I don't know. I, I imagine the parents don't want to find out. 
And so they'll probably go and bow down. But there's more to the story. Uh, we already had problems, said Ms. Pateri, with the neighbor harassing us throughout the summer about bonfires on our property. And we thought, oh, they've been told they can't complain about that. So this is a new avenue they're taking. Ms. Viteri sa- said both her family and the complaining neighbor border on a cattle farm and can't understand how the smell was traced to their singular pony. Oh, they God. border a cattle farm. The cows go right up to their property, too. We thought, you're kidding. Seven cows to one miniature pony? We were quite shocked by what we thought was a joke at first. The funny, the, the funny thing about this is is that you know they're in some kind of zoning area where they can't have a pony, but the government just laid that down. They're right next to a cattle farm. The government could call, this a, call their house a farm if they wanted to. Caledon uh, Bylaw Enforcement Manager Glenn Blakely, who uh, I'm sure believes he's doing the right thing here. He's just doing his job. He doesn't, maybe he doesn't agree with the ordinance, but you know what? We've got to enforce them and we've got to enforce them fairly. So when people call us, we've got a job to do. It's not always pleasant. Glenn Blakely said the Spateri's one-acre property is zoned as rural residential, and it's too small to house a miniature pony. And they know what the, uh, you know, how they can, they've been housing a miniature pony. Um, you know, One acre gonna... is pretty decent. I mean, that's, that's not a small piece of property. No, it's Most not. Most people don't have an acre. So, <laughs> it's too small, he says. Animals need room, he says, to graze and in and move around. And... I grew up on a farm. My next door neighbor had five acres. Uh, they had cattle. I mean, what's the big deal there? If most, get, most city lots are less than a quarter acre. He says it has to be fair to the animal, Mark. If you get smaller lots, it really restricts the area that the horse, in this case, can move around. And that's why we don't allow livestock on properties such as this. We don't allow. One, that's right. One size fits all. We are in charge. We do not allow certain things. You are not allowed to do things with your property. Oh, ha, ha. You thought you were purchasing property that you could control? Oh, you silly people. You should have come to us first before you got this pony, and you should have run it by us because we're in charge around here, see? We've got men with guns who'll throw you in prison cells if you don't like what we have to say. Oh, you have to pay for... Yeah, that's right. You do have to pay for the upkeep on the property. So if you want to keep living in a nice house, well, you can just pour money into that. And then if we say that we don't like the color of the paint, you're going to have to change that. So make sure you run all those in, uh, improvements by us first, too. Okay? You know, Thanks. And uh, Mr. Spateri there wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for petty little crap like this. Codes, yeah. zoning, that sort of thing. There's more to the story about the quadriplegic spastic cerebral palsy uh, young boy here, who's a three-year-old boy who's had his miniature pony stolen from him by the government people because they care. They care so much. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts about whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the features include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Get the inside scoop on football betting with uh, Ted Murray and find out about rape defense from self-defense expert Kimber Johnson, all at paladinpodcast.com. Paladin Podcast is a service of Paladin Press. You can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, self-defense, and more. Remember, it's paladinpodcast.com. As we continue here, uh, the story is from nationalpost.com, where a three-year-old boy with cerebral palsy not just regular cerebral palsy, but spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. He can't crawl. He can't walk. He had a pony, a miniature pony. His parents have one acre of property that backs up against a cow farm. And apparently the next-door neighbor didn't really like, doesn't like these folks for whatever reason, has been harassing them all summer long over bonfires. And now this. Now they complained to the government people about the smell allegedly, of the pony. Remember, both properties abut an area where cows exist. So apparently she's so discerning with her uh, sense of smell that it's the pony's scent that's really bugging her. She's got a pretty pretty advanced sniffer. Yeah. Uh, So the story, of course, is that the government has come in and has ordered the pony be removed. Now, Ms. Batiri, this is the uh, woman who uh, occupies the property. She's one of the victims here. Uh, Said Emily, who has... uh, Emily's the horse... The miniature pony, who had entertained at birthday parties before retiring, is not livestock, and she doesn't want to rezone her family's property to an agricultural lot because they don't need a full-sized farm. Also, since Emily is a miniature pony, she can't graze in rich green grass areas like normal ponies because she's prone to bacteria growing in her stomach and on her feet. So, basically, what the government guy claimed about, well, the animal needs room uh, to graze and move around, they're saying this miniature pony doesn't do it that way. We feed it. It doesn't need to graze. So all of the things that you're saying should apply to this pony do not actually, in point of fact, apply. Right. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know how big a miniature pony is, but I've seen some pretty small horses out there. I would guess that they weigh in at somewhere between 60 and uh, 200 pounds. There's dogs out there that weigh close to the 200 Mm. pounds. Uh, So the dog could live on an acre fine, but the horse can't? Sam's physical therapist and pediatrician recommended equestrian riding because it triggers the core muscles that Sam needs to strengthen. It's a newer form of therapy, and the closest location that offered reputable therapeutic equestrian riding was about 50 minutes away, said Ms. Pateri. And Sam has seizures, so long car rides can be difficult. When he was younger, Sam also had lung problems that left him pl- uh, prone to infections, she said. The Spiteris will appear before the Caledon Committee of Adjustment, December 10th, <laughs> to ask for an exception because of Sam's special circumstances. This is really interesting. It cost $800 to appear before the committee. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Sure, sure. You're trying, adjust, try, trying to adjust your zoning? Absolutely. That's not oh my free, gosh. man. Absolutely not. No way. Everything you do uh, that it comes to zoning costs money. Lots That's of money. That's crazy. I've never had to, I guess I've never tried to do anything like the that, sick, so I had no idea. The sickest part about this is that the neighbor that hates uh, these people so much, mm-hmm. this, this awful witch of a person... Presuming it's a woman, I'm not sure. Uh, well, you, you indicated that it was a woman, so I went yeah. with it. Uh, this, this despicable individual 
has now cut off their own nose in order to spite their face. Uh, they can no longer have, uh, you know, any if, if they wanted to have a Vietnamese potbelly pig or a pony or whatever, they can't have that now. They've limited themselves, too. It's so sad that people do this. It costs $800 to appear before the committee, but Ms. Petiri said she received an email from the town council Tuesday afternoon about an additional $345 required to circulate their application for an exception to the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority. This is in Canada? Hmm? It's in Canada. Uh, Presumably, yeah. Ms. Petiri said, we explained to him what's going on and how Emily might have to go away, and so he gets very upset every time we take him away from from Emily because he thinks he'll never get to see her again. the last time I'll see my precious pony. I'm a single mom with two kids, and I live at home with my parents. I have a child who's disabled, and that takes its financial toll as well. The big issue for us is money. We'll fight it until we run out of funds. So they're going to fight it within the system. And they're, I mean, she's willing to put all her money on the line. If you're willing to put all your money on the line, then why not go all the way? I mean, if you're going to put your life savings on the line to keep this pony, why not just keep the pony and tell them to go to hell? I mean, you could probably find people who would help you out. I would think that this story is so persuasive. This cerebral palsy victim I would think that th- this has so much uh, sway that uh, you know you think the media would get right right on this. It's possible. The local media, the the, the television stations. Um, maybe there has been an update. I will take a look around for that, Mark, and we'll see if there's maybe been an update to this uh, this story. Because you're right. I mean, in a situation like this, where it's just so clearly just so awful and uh, just tyrannical and horrendous, what these government people are doing in the name of their precious precious zoning rules. You would think that'd be pretty darn persuasive. I mean, it certainly made the National Post. Uh, presumably, there have been some things that have happened that the story was dated November 26th. So it's possible something else has uh, has occurred here. And we'll definitely let you know. But but this story is so, it seems so extreme, but it's only, I think it's it, it seems persuasive to people because we're dealing with a, a child that has cerebral palsy. But this is as tyrannical as any other zoning ordinance. This is as awful as any other situation involving one neighbor that has a problem with what another neighbor is doing with his or her property. They use the apparatus of the state to oppress the freedoms of the people that they're they're neighbors with. And it's disgusting. And I just, it's so awful. I would love to hear how you feel about this at 800-259-9231. I mean, is there anybody who could agree with this? And this is one of those stories where you want to bring cameras in to interview these bureaucrats. Get them to talk about this on camera and get them to explain themselves. Just give them something to think about when they go home at night. This is the kind of thing where if this was in New Hampshire, uh, I would hope the activists would be all, all over this. You know, like white on rice, just jumping, going and protesting out in front of the zoning board people's houses, doing whatever it is they needed to do, making phone calls all day long to these people. It's just horrendous. And I hope that people are coming to these people's aid. But that's all I can really do is hope. Because, well, it, it just doesn't really seem like there's much of a chance that we can win anywhere else. But where we currently are, Mark, where we're gathering activists together to fight tyranny like this. And I think that's one of the reasons why concentrating activism is important. This Ms. Bateri, she's a single mom. I mean, I'm sure she has some friends, but they don't know what to do. They don't, they, they're not activists. They don't have a network of people that they can connect to to mobilize them and, and get out there and make those phone calls and, and show up at the city council meetings.
I mean, if they're fortunate, someone will take them under their wing, some lawyer or some activist group will find them and do something, but who could they reach out to? If you were just, if you were in a situation like this woman, and the state is threatening you, and they're saying, well, we're going to take your pony away, it's got to be really frustrating. It has to be just mind-boggling what is going on. I mean, she's saying she's going to spend all her money to fight this. So she's got the resolve. She's willing to go up against these people, and I think that's great. But where would you turn? I mean, if you didn't know about a network of activists that was nearby, you wouldn't even – I mean, most people aren't even aware of things like that. Where would I, you look? Where would you go? Well, what I would do is – You'd be I, floundering. I, I, would, I would be going to the local media. Uh, it, it has it, – it just – this story has legs. You're talking about taking a pony away from a kid with cerebral palsy. Uh, everybody's going to get emotionally on the side of that person. And, you know, I would plaster – I'd be I'd – be, Plastering the names of the bureaucrats that I've talked to all over uh, the media, I'd be talk- I'd be putting this neighbor's name out there. I- I'd, you know, I'd get their names out there, and th- I'd I'd have the the uh, the real effect of social ostracism in play on these people. I think that's a good idea. Get, definitely get in touch with the media in a case uh, a, a like this. But man, if it if it didn't involve uh, cerebral palsy, if she just had a regular kid, would the media get be as interested? I would hope so. 800-259-9231. I'd like to think that we would be. I don't don't know. (laughs) We would likely report on it, but uh, no, the kid with cerebral palsy is where the legs come from on the story. That's so unfortunate that we have to make a statement like that. It really is. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We'll look and see if there's been an update on this story and talk to you about what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and uh, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live. We'll get a percentage of your purchase in new items, used items, 41 categories in which to shop. There's a lot to choose from, and you need to get your hol- uh, you need to get your holiday shopping done. So why not just do it now at Amazon.freetalklive.com? Free Talk Live. We'll get a cut when you enter through that link. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. We'll give you the uh, the latest on the pony situation here in a moment. Let's go to your phone calls first, Jeff in Texas. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was curious. I kind of missed it. Um, the kid can't have a pony, according to these zoning goons. But That's correct. Can he have? I, I'm. Can he have other livestock? Uh, no, I believe they're they're zoned residential, so they are not able to have that. Rural so, residential. Rural residential, or something like that. Uh, but they just kind of uh, butt up against the cow farm. That's correct. Apparently, the cow farm is zoned differently. Can they? Can the cow farm have ponies? Yes, perhaps. Perhaps they could go and talk to the owner of the farm and see if they would let them store their pony on that land. It's not a bad idea. I don't know. Do ponies get along with uh, with cows very well? And it would. I have no idea, but you figure if they could like maybe take a little acre out of the cow farm and give it to the pony, probably be more than enough. But anyway, it was just a suggestion. It's it's a good idea. Um, uh, You know, uh, Ian looked up uh, during the break that there is an update on the story, and it turns out that uh, you know they they went in front of the zoning, uh, you know, deviation board or whatever they are, and presumably paid. And the deviants said that as long as you give us the eight hundred dollars or eleven hundred dollars, like eleven forty. The $1,100 we want, and that's fine. When you think about the rent from the uh, farmer's land, the cost of building a new structure oh, next totally door. Right. 
Yeah. So you're saying so paying the gang. They just basically cheaper. paid the bribe. The thing the uh, Illinois governor governor just went to jail for, on trial for, basically giving a bribe to some government official so that they could get what they want. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Oh, man, it's beautiful when the government shows its true colors. Uh, well, I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, good hearing from you, Jeff. 800-259-9231. The government people do have something to say on this. So we're going to get to the update story here, also from NationalPost.com, where a three-year-old disabled boy is now being allowed to keep his pony despite a neighbor's complaints, according to the Caledon Adjustment, excuse me, Committee of Adjustment Committee members said the Spiteri family can keep the miniature pony despite the zoning rules prohibiting it, so long as they keep the pen clean. Sam Spiteri has spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy and uses the pony as part of his therapy regime. The dispute came from a neighbor who complained about alleged smell uh, coming from the property, which See, also borders the cattle farm. They keep on saying a neighbor, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. They should say this person's name. They probably don't know. Right. Well, and, and that's that's what happened. To court. That's what happened in your case. Well, the fact is, the judge said that he, you, they had to tell you, and it 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 proves that you need to be able to face your accuser in the United yeah. States. They shouldn't be able to bring this case um, with you know with the government hiding who they are. The zoning officer should have the name when they first talk to you. Look, your neighbor such and such complained on this horse, and da 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 da. That's how it should be done. Right, but in, in, the, in the current case, or actually in, in my case, I didn't get to find out who the complaining neighbor was until I was in the midst of the trial, which is when I then asked the code enforcer who it was. He did not want to say. He objected to that question, and the judge, to his credit, uh, did force him to reveal who the original complaining party was. So in the case of this uh, three-year-old disabled boy, mom has gone ahead and paid almost $1,200 to the uh, the Committee of Adjustment to get them to waive this uh, particular ordinance in her case. And so if they waive the enforcement of the ordinance, then she never gets to find out. Now, I don't even know if you have a right to face your accuser in Canada, because that's where the story is. That's but, true. Uh, but presuming she does then she never has a, uh, a, a point at which she can get to to find out who it was because it never went to a trial. Right. So it's all been wiped up. Oh, we're just going to wipe this away. Thank you for your uh, $1,200. Okay, this is all gone now. You go back to your lives. Everything's fine. Well, yep. yeah, everything's fine for the state. And I wonder if they gave the complainant a cut. You know how it turned out, Mark, that in my case, the complainant was also a city bureaucrat? I wonder if behind the scenes they just kind of... Send it a send a little money of the eleven forty five, maybe like you know hundred bucks over to the original complaining Here's a finder's party. Finders fee, thanks yeah. for the money. Yep. Uh, so the dispute again came from a complaining neighbor, Antonia uh, Antonia Spiteri. His mom said, "I was feeling I'm feeling pure joy right now. It, it's been an extremely stressful last couple of months. Now I can focus my energy back where it belongs, back on Sam's therapy." At the end of July, the town said they'd have to remove the the uh, the pony. Then, apparently, since the National Post and other media reported on the fight, she received an outpouring of support from around the globe, with some people even offering to help her financially. And apparently, uh, one of the one of the counselors told the Post that the boy should be allowed to keep the therapy pony. And she said this. This is Counselor Annette Groves. She said, while you have to enforce the rules, there are times when you have to use discretion and have to remember that you're a human being and have to have some compassion. You know, it's it's funny Only how sometimes. Annette has put herself into the position with these laws um, and voting for them, I'm sure, uh, of being the person who gets to use the discretion. She is the benevolent ruler who gets to say, ah, in the case of the child with cerebral palsy who needs to keep their pony, I deem that they should be able to keep it. And, and it, she looks so benevolent. Mm-hmm. Well, no. No, 
She's a nasty, violent bureaucrat. You have to remember that you're a human being sometimes and have to have some compassion. There are times when you have to remember that. But otherwise, you're just a robot. You're just a, just a little automaton, just a cog in the system enforcing the law. Most of the time, that's apparently what they are. Mm. She, I mean, in her own words, she makes herself sound like she's inhuman in her normal uh, duties as a counselor. Like, like her duties as a counselor are, is an inhuman role. That's what it sounds like to me. I have to step out. Sometimes I have to step out from my inhuman role as counselor and act like a human being and show some compassion. But only sometimes. Only in cases with little boys with cerebral palsy. Boy, if this boy didn't have his cerebral palsy, we would have gotten away with it. If it wasn't for you and your son with cerebral palsy, lady. 1-800-259-9231. What else do you say about a story like this? What else can you say? I don't know. Can you add something to this? 1-800-259-9231. That's the number. Hey, something else I mentioned that uh, we didn't get to yesterday is that apparently the liberals are upset. They're upset about Barack Obama. Have you heard this, Mark? Yes. Uh, they, they, he's, he's not liberal enough for them. Uh, right. And I think this is great news, by the way. And I think this ties in with something that Wayne uh, told us last week. He was pointing out that... Uh, the Internet has allowed information to just pass so quickly that people get to learn about what these politicians are really all about much faster and much, uh, much uh, more detailed ways than they used to be able to. And so even before this guy has taken office, his supporters are starting to figure out the scam. The story is from uh, Politico.com. We'll get to that. But first, got to your phone calls. Jason in Michigan, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi. Hey, Jason. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I, I was uh, thinking about the free uh, the free state project. I mean, not not right now, but I mean, like for something to think about for the future. Sure. And uh, my issue that I'm really concerned with is uh, the Second Amendment. Um, and I was, I mean, I heard that there was, uh, I guess, there's the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, and there's uh, uh, gun owners of New Hampshire or something. I was yep. wondering what, but I heard that gun owners of New Hampshire is an NRA uh, affiliate. I have no idea. I'm not a member of uh, of gun owners, so I'm not sure. It seems unusual that gun owners, which is a separate organization, could be a member of the NRA. Normally, it's, I was under the impression that gun owners was a much more principled organization than the NRA, and I can't imagine they would want to. That's what I heard, but at the same time, in. I can see why they would uh, affiliate themselves with a larger organization in that way, uh, even if they are more principled. Uh, I, I can see why they would uh, want the endorsement of a, a you know a large organization like the NRA. Most people who like guns and like gun rights, uh, think of the NRA in a in a good light. Um, we like in likely color also doesn't. So it's you know it's and that's the reason is because they support the federal government's uh, twenty thousand laws that variously regulate firearms. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, uh, um, I think that uh, you're, we're confusing uh, uh, gun owners of New Hampshire with gun owners of America. Oh, that's the, not a subsidiary organization. What? It's uh, Gun Owners of New Hampshire is not a subsidiary kind of organization of gun owners of ex- Gun Owners of New Hampshire, not a subsidiary of Gun Owners of America. Yeah, that's that's what I heard is that it was a part of the NRA, not of Gun Owners of America. Well, that'd be a question for them. I'm sure they'd be able to clear that up for you because I have no idea. Oh, 
Well, I mean, I was just wondering, like, what kinds of ways you could get involved to support the Second Amendment in New Hampshire? All kinds of ways. I mean, there are uh, a lot of the the free staters uh, have built gun ranges, and they go and they hang out together, and they uh, they have these shooting parties basically every every week in some places. And uh, they, uh, they could probably point you in the right direction. What I'd recommend you do is go to freestateproject.org and get on their discussion forum there and post a thread. And I guarantee you people will jump all over there and give you all the links that you are looking for. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's thanks. thanks. Thanks, Jason, for the call tonight. Good luck getting that information. The gun culture up here in New Hampshire is pretty big, yeah, I'd say. I'd say it's quite healthy. Hour 2 is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. We're launching into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy all those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Your calls are what the show's about if you make them. Coming up, uh, Mark, you've got an email we're going to get to. But first, we have to tell you the story from uh, politico.com. It's kind of interesting how... The word is spreading amongst the liberal community about this Barack Obama character, and they are not too pleased. But first, we'll go to Vince in Michigan. Vince, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? Vince, what's on your mind? Um, I was wondering if you could elaborate uh, a little bit for me on the recent information that's, uh, you know, surfaced uh, within the past few days about uh, the... Uh, um, the trains on the railroads that were supposedly, uh, you know, hijacked with uh, box cutters and uh, redirected uh, from New Jersey during the time of the election. And what's uh, I've not now, heard anything. Uh, I don't know any idea what you're talking about. No. Where'd you get the? Where did you hear this news? I I, I read it on a blog. Hmm. Well, you know, if, if it's just a blog and they didn't link to it, another news source, I mean, it's certainly questionable. You're saying someone hijacked a train with a box cutter during the election? Did they take it off the tracks and send it someplace else? I mean, it's a train, right? <laughs> don't... Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I should have uh, looked <laughs> a little bit more into it, but I guess it had some significance on the election. I really didn't understand the blog. I was seeing if you guys heard anything about it or you could elaborate. No, it sounds it very all. confusing. I mean, no, we're talking yeah. about something that happened a month ago. It, it certainly didn't come across our radar. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I it, wouldn't say that either. I, you know, it could very well have happened. Maybe but. it was something this blogger experienced and, and nobody else did. I I don't know, but it's uh, anything we say would be pure speculation. Anything else on your mind tonight? Um. Well, I heard you're about to talk about Barack Obama. I never trusted the guy, so I guess I'll let you guys. Thanks for the call, Vince. Thanks, man. And, uh, yes, I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. According to Politico.com, liberals are growing increasingly nervous, and some are just flat-out angry that President-elect Barack Obama seems to be stiffing them on cabinet jobs and policy choices. Obama has reversed pledges to immediately repeal tax cuts for the wealthy and take on big oil. He's hedged his call for a quick drawdown in Iraq. 
And he's stocking his White House with anything but stalwarts of the left. Yeah, be, they, they talk about uh, change. Uh, it was a, uh, Ted Daschle was appointed as, oh, I don't even know, chief undersecretary to the God knows what. Well, my first indication on this story was there was another story, and I forget where it was from, but it was talking about how they had collected together a bunch of quotes. I think maybe Blue Rockwell linked to it, but they'd collected a bunch of quotes from Republicans in D.C. saying, yeah, Barack Obama, like his choices. Yeah, it's looking good. So this has got to be really, I mean, considering how partisan people are, this has really got to be upsetting the uh, the liberal types. Yeah. Uh, so now some are shedding a reluctance to puncture the liberal euphoria at being rid of George Bush to say, in effect, that the new boss looks like the old boss. Yeah. Tim That's Carpenter, what I said. Hail to the chief, new chief. Yep. Same as the old chief. National director of the Progressive Democrats of America, Tim Carpenter, says he's confirmed what our suspicions were by surrounding himself with a centrist-to-right cabinet. We do hope that before it's all over, we can at least get one authentic progressive appointment. Open left, bro- open left blogger Chris, Chris Bowers went so far as to issue this plaintive plea. He says, isn't there ever a point when we can get an actual Democratic administration? Even supporters make clear they're on the lookout for backsliding. Roger Hickey, co-founder you know, of the... This is a real convenient attitude for them to take, though. Um, because right, he's not a real Democrat. Yeah, now. we didn't get a real Democrat this time. We've got to get a real Democrat in yeah. there after four years later when he screws everything up. <laughs> because, well, it's not that he screws everything up, but... The, the they economy, will screw it the, up. Yeah, the economy will not uh, recover uh, you know, properly within four years, and he's going to be Jimmy Carter all over again. That's an interesting observation, Mark, that they're already positioning him as, oh, he's just a, he's just a centrist. This guy's a centrist. He had to go towards the center to uh, to get the votes and, and beat John McCain, and, and that was good, but, man, he's just not good enough for us. Well, anyway, open uh, even supporters make clear they're on the lookout for backsliding, saying there's, going to, there's a concern that he keep his basic promises, and people are going to watch him, said the co-founder for the Campaign for America's Future. Now Obama insists he hasn't abandoned the goals that made him feel to some like a liberal savior, but the left's bill of particulars against Obama is long, and it's growing. Obama drew rousing applause at campaign events where he vowed to tax the windfall profits of oil companies. As president-elect, Obama is saying he won't enact the tax. So... Already, he's not changing until, uh, his story. 2011, from what I understand. Obama's pledge to repeal the Bush tax cuts and redistribute that money to the middle class made him a hero among Democrats who said the cuts favored the wealthy. But now he struck a more cautious stance on rolling back tax cuts for people making over 250000 a year, signaling he'll merely let them expire as scheduled at the end of 2010. Obama's post-election rhetoric on Iraq and choices for national security... Uh, Choices for his national security team have some liberal Democrats even more perplexed. As a candidate, he defined and separated himself from his challengers by highlighting his opposition to the war in Iraq from the start. He promised to begin the end of the war on his first day in office. I love that, beginning the end of the war. <laughs> like it's this length. It has to, of course, it's the government. It has to be this lengthy process. You can't just pick the guys up and fly them out of there. Now, Obama says that on his first day in office, he'll begin to design a plan for a responsible drawdown. As he told the Meet the Press organization on Sunday, Obama has also filled his national security positions with supporters of the Iraq war, like Hillary Clinton, who voted to authorize force in Iraq as his secretary of state, as well as uh, President George Bush's secretary, Robert Gates, continuing in the same role. Central premise of the left's criticism is direct. Don't bite the hand that feeds, Mr. President-elect. The Internet that helped him so much during the election is lighting up with irritation and critiques. But it doesn't matter what the Internet says no. now. He's in. He's in for four years. So there doesn't seem there don't seem to be any liberals on Obama's cabinet, said the editor of AmericaBlog.com. What does all of this mean for his policies and just as important? 
Obama's Supreme Court announcements. Actually, it reminds me a bit of the campaign, at least the beginning and the middle, when the Obama campaign didn't seem particularly interested in reaching out to progressives. Once they realized that in order to win, they needed to marshal everyone on their side, the reaching out began. So I guess he's saying they should have caught a hint in the very beginning there, and and now they've been left out in the cold. See, here's what I don't understand is um, during the election, we were told, and it, it the RLC blogs uh, or the, the their ratings of the politicians uh, reflect that Barack Obama was one of the most liberal voting senators in the Senate, um, and you know, so therefore you would assume that this is a very liberal guy, but now he's moving centrist. Is that because he believes for some reason that the conservative policies work? I don't well, maybe, think they do. Maybe we're going to have a new term come out, Mark. Maybe we're going to have the neo-dems. Because <laughs> we have the neo-cons, right? right. The neo-conservatives. <laughs> they're, not like, they're, not, they're not like the old conservatives. And these Democrats, uh, the so say the progressives, the self-styled progressives, they're not like the Democrats that we, w- we would put into office. So they're the neo-dems. Hmm. Neoliberals. That would be the, the, the proper uh, juxtaposed to Good point. It, yeah, because, it, because Democrat is a political party. Good point. 800-259-9231. I mean, there's more to this. It's like a three-page long story, but we, we can stop there because the point has been made. And that is that uh, the game's up. The game's already up, and this guy's not even into office yet. I mean, talk about a disaster as far as politically, a political disaster. Mm-hmm. And speaking of political disasters, today is the... Uh, the anniversary of the Libertarian Party's founding. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> so to celebrate, uh, or to mourn, I guess, the passing of the Libertarian Party, whichever way you want to look at it, celebrate, mourn, whatever, it's gone. It's useless at this point. Uh, here's a little story from LewRockwell.com's Eric Garris. Forget the war and the depression. Leaders of the Libertarian Party are instead fixated on alienating those in their own party who still take Libertarian principles seriously. Those who dissent from the LP's new watered, uh, new strat- strategy of a watered-down platform and soft Republican national politics will be unwelcome, even purged. Hence the witch trial of one Angela Keaton. Yep, Angela Keaton. One of the few principles. Yep, uh, antiwar.com. In fact, Eric Garrett's also uh, one of the bosses over there at antiwar.com. Uh, Angela, who's one of the few principled libertarians remaining on the Libertarian National Committee after a protracted smear campaign against her for PC thought crimes and refusing to tow the bar root party line, Bob Barr being the presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party this year. You know, and, and one of the, uh, the, the, big, the biggest uh, critiques, one of the critiques out there against libertarians is it's, uh, you know, uh, geeky white guys. Angela Keaton, hot. Why would they kick out one of the the, the, the hot libertarian women? Well, because she's, she's principled. Not, yeah. So we'll get to what Eric has to say here in a moment. Uh, he wrote Angela a letter demanding that she resign, and she's going to do so. In fact, I believe she already has. 800-259-9231. Just a little more on the crumbling, the pathetic libertarian party. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so 
Enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about for free. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. If you've got a company or you know somebody who, d- who does, uh, SACL CAI is the biggest sponsor of Free Talk Live. They've been, they've been here for, for forever. Uh, they've been sponsoring the show. We wouldn't be where we are today without them. Please uh, consider turning over your accounts receivable to them. I know that uh, you didn't get in your business to do accounts receivable. It's not the thing you love or the thing you're passionate about. They take a uh, percentage of it and, well, you get the rest and you don't have to deal with it. It's essentially like hiring somebody to do it. Probably cheaper. You don't have to do, do the payroll taxes. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the uh, top banner on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. So today is the, I'm not sure which anniversary, it doesn't really matter, but it's it just happens to be the anniversary of the Libertarian Party's forming back in the early 1970s. And, of course, uh, at one point 38th. the Libertarian the Libertarian Party was a party of principle. They still call themselves that, but anybody who's paying attention knows that's not true. Uh, the Libertarian Party used to be the, the organization that stood on a very simple non-aggression principle, and it's, they said that uh, you know they don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. You still apparently have to sign that in order to get into the Libertarian Party as a member, but apparently they just don't really hold anybody to it. I don't know. Maybe they never did hold anybody to it, but they certainly don't do it now. And we've been watching over the past year, Mark, as the Libertarian Party has just been crumbling into a shell of its former self as it has uh, taken on all of these Republican, uh, these Liberty Light people, basically, that are not principled in any way, shape, or form and have essentially watered down the platform of the party. They've watered down the party. They, uh, they elected Bob Barr as their candidate this year, which was an absolute travesty. Uh, they, the, of course, the, the proposition was that, well, if we bring Bob Barr on board, uh, he's going to be a bigger name, and he's more uh, not, as, not as hardcore on the liberty thing, and so, therefore, we're going to have a bigger tent, and more people are going to vote for us this year. That was the plan. Didn't work out for nope, him, though, nope, didn't go that, as that way. was predicted on this program. Uh, in fact, Bob Barr barely did better than Harry Brown did, the libertarian, a, a real libertarian presidential candidate from 1996, uh, barely did better than Harry Brown did. And that was with having the benefit of this Internet culture that we have today. Harry Brown did not have that back in 1996. So Bob Barr, a complete and abject failure. Now, that wasn't the only problem, of course. I uh, I had quit the Libertarian Party prior to them selecting Bob Barr, as did a number of other people. After Bob Barr was selected, more people quit at that point, because we've all, those of us who've been paying attention, have seen what is coming. We've seen the destruction of this party from the inside. It's, it's been subverted, it's been taken over, and it's being destroyed. And Bob Barr was just part of that uh, that entire process. Now, apparently, the Libertarian National Committee, their sort of overseeing organization, has been exposed bunging as many principled people as possible. They call it a witch hunt in this story from LewRockwell.com, going after Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com uh, because she's so so much a libertarian. She's a principled lady, and they don't want that kind of attitude on the Libertarian National Committee. So Eric Garris from Antiwar says that last time they targeted her for letting the party members she represents know what was going on in the mysterious inner circle, which the gatekeepers claimed violated their secret executive session. This time the charges are just laughable. As her employer at Antiwar.com, I've decided to insist that she move on from this distraction and focus on the real work for liberty done at Antiwar.com. 
Shortly after the conclusion of their meeting on Sunday, I sent the following letter to Angela. In response, she's informed me that she will be resigning from the LNC immediately, and she also asked I release the letter to the public. So here it is. Dear Angela, I've always been in favor of Antiwar.com's associates and employees maintaining relationships with other institutions in the libertarian movement, but your involvement with the Libertarian Party National Committee, the LNC, has become too big a burden on you and too big an embarrassment for me to accept anymore. Working with the LP on the local level, supporting various candidates and other such activities, is fine, because there is a difference between the state Libertarian parties and the national Libertarian Party. He says, but it's now clear that the LNC has become an embarrassment to the movement, the principles the LP is supposed to represent, and to antiwar.com by virtue of our association. As you know, I'm not a sectarian. I've always strived to bridge gaps on organizational and ideological lines within the freedom and anti-war movements. In my libertarian activism, I've worked with a range of people from different organizations and factions. I despise the petty sectarianism, personal grudges, and ego-driven squabbles that divide those of us who should be working together. Yeah, especially in the liberty movement. I mean, ego-driven squabbles that uh, divide people? Oh, just what we need, more division in the libertarian movement. At antiwar.com, we encourage dialogue and collaboration among people from across the spectrum, so long as they share an interest in the goal of non-interventionism. We pride ourselves on featuring paleocons, progressives, left radicals, minarchists, anarchists, constitutionalists, and others who join us in our struggle for a more peaceful foreign policy. We don't all agree on everything, even on the war issue, but it's important to have as big a tent as possible while still sharing our basic political values. And I have the same attitude toward the libertarian movement. But the LNC in its attempts to water down the message has ironically become the most isolated group in the libertarian movement. Whereas once the LP was the epicenter of the movement, its leadership has tragically turned this once great and proud political party into a laughing stock. The party of principle has become the embarrassing sideshow. The controversy regarding your involvement with the LNC is an indication of the general problem with the national organization. They've become obsessed with policing private behavior, maintaining control over personality, and purging all radical thought from the center of the party. Private organizations have a right to behave in this way, but it's peculiar that the LP leadership would have such difficulty understanding the types of values one would hope would be commonly embraced by a libertarian organization. You know, those of individualism, personal privacy, a reasonable level of organizational transparency, and of course, well, libertarian ideals. In particular, the abusive use of executive sessions and bizarre practices of ensuring lockstep conformity illicit images of communist organizing back in the 1960s. Always afraid of the LP becoming a debating society, the moderates in charge have instead turned it into a cult altogether, isolated from the broader movement and mainstream society. I regret this, but for all these reasons, I must insist that you resign from the LNC. Otherwise, we would have no choice but to reconsider your employment with Antiwar.com. As I said, your involvement, though no fault of your own, or through no fault of your own, has brought some embarrassment to Antiwar.com and is a distraction from the movement at large. We have a new administration to grapple with soon. The politicians are planning more wars, more invasions of our rights, and more nationalizations of the economy. We all have bigger fish to fry, and we need you fighting with us, fighting for peace, not fighting with the LNC, defending your integrity against those who don't deserve your time. So, she's out. Yeah, I... And good for her. I'm sure that, uh, the, 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 that she had conversations with him before this uh, the, the ultimatum was given. Doesn't that make sense? That uh, likely she's like, I'm, look, you need to fire, you need to tell me I've got to quit the LNC before I, I resign. I don't know. But it's you know I I don't like the idea that you must quit. That that part rankles me just a little well, bit. Well, if you want to keep your job here, you got to quit that other job. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not fair or whatever, but that part just 
bugs me a little bit. Well, nonetheless, it shows how serious this is. I mean, clearly, he's saying they've taken some flack over at antiwar.com for having one of their people being uh, involved with the Libertarian Party. And he's saying he's tired of it. And he's tired of the Libertarian Party, and she needs to focus her efforts elsewhere, and that's his opinion. Obviously, she agreed. She insisted that he release that letter uh, publicly. Mm. So I thought I'd share it with you just as a, you know, a final example of the death of the Libertarian Party. A, a, a sad, sad, tragic end. More with uh, your calls on the way here. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And those features, by the way, include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break. This March, join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. You can apply now to attend uh, one of several seminars across uh, across the country. Visit libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. It's open to undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates. All right, 800-259-9231 to the amp lines. We talked to Carrie in Toronto. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? I um I have a daughter that's in high school, and okay. uh, she recently got an assignment in her civics class that um, she has to write a law, come oh, up with geez. a law based on uh, something in the current affairs and and uh, argue it, and and then the class is going to vote and see if it's a good law. Oh, my gosh. This is awful. This is yet another example of how the government indoctrination system works. You teach kids that in order to, to change society for the better, we write laws. Now, children, you get to imagine what law society needs the most. Go ahead, write it down, and we'll decide. I mean, this is just so despicable. What are you gonna, What's she going to do in this case? I don't know. Um... I was kind of thinking about the, the read the bills or something like that because hmm. uh, in Canada we have um, uh, reading uh, they they call it the reading the bill in in Parliament but they don't really read it it just means that they pass out a printed document hmm. I see um, so I was thinking that she could do something like that or well can't laws uh, can't laws modify other laws like you can pass a law that says we remove the word and from paragraph two section three uh, you couldn't you essentially pass a law that repealed a bunch of old bad laws that's a possibility right uh, 
the, you know that, that I suppose that's a good idea. However, I like uh, this one, um, and it takes it pulls the teeth out of the monster that is the government with uh, one fell swoop. You write a law that says that uh, the government can't and won't confiscate property or uh, you know or or imprison somebody who is unable, and then you slide in the word or unwilling for some reason unwilling to pay you know um, for you know whatever it is, and uh, you know unable unwilling or unable to pay their tax. That way you you work on the little old lady angle, um, the the people that are unable to pay their bills. They just you know it's been a bad year, da da da, that kind of thing. And I think that kids might go for that. And if the government can't forcibly extract money from people, there is no government. Or uh, you know I know that in Canada the legal age to drink is 18, as I understand it. And so you want to talk about laws that kids are going to go for, Mark. I think kids are probably in favor, high school kids especially, probably in favor of lowering the drinking age. I think you're out of your mind. You should go with that one. Have her just pass a law that repeals the drinking age and ends prohibition while you're at it. That will be a good one. It will certainly spark some discussion. Yeah, like uh, destroy the marijuana uh, drug laws and... uh and the alcohol laws at the same time. Yeah, I think I mean, there's a find, lot of kids. That I are, think if you do that, you'll find out how many little fascists there are running around in her class. Yeah, you might, but uh, who knows? Whatever. That might be an interesting experiment, too. She can write whatever law she wants to. And uh, Will you let us know what she ends up deciding to do? I will. Right, I Karen. was hoping that people might have uh, some other suggestions, too. Thank you uh, for asking that. We'll throw that out there. If you've got any suggestions for Carrie's daughter, she has to write a law uh, for her civics class. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. If you were in her position, what would you do? How would you handle this assignment? And I thank you, Carrie, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. All right. Good night. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dave in Athens, listening to WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, this goes back to 1990s, but it happened in Canada also, and it's worse than the pony one. Really? The, the, where, the, where the government people were threatening to take away a cerebral palsy victim uh, child yes. pony? Much worse, sir. There was a 13-year-old girl who had a cerebral palsy. I read this somewhere. It was in the 1990s. And her dad... Put her in the car, turn on carbon carbon monoxide and killed her. Oh my goodness. And the government jailed her, but the people wanted her, him out. So, so they got him out. Well, and there wasn't much of an upcry. Hmm. Are you are you suggesting there should have been? Are you I mean, is this a mercy killing basically that uh, well, that dad did? That's what he claimed it was. And has he gotten out? Or you, what's what's his current status? The last I read, he was out. Hmm. Well, interesting. But I got it's, I read in two thousand one or back when. Mark, how do you feel about that? A mercy killing is that well, acceptable? I, th- I think that a, a person who has cerebral palsy, or a person, you know, any person, should be able to decide to end their own life if that's what they wish. Um, you know, I think it's very tragic when somebody does it sort of for emotional and uh, mental reasons. However, um, you know, when in this case, I mean, what are you what are you dealing with here? You know, I, I it's it's very suspect the way the dad went about it. As far as I'm concerned, if the girl wanted to die, fine. If the girl didn't. He murdered her. How old was she at the time, Dave? Do you recall? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what... We were talking about the three-year-old with the therapy, which they should be allowed to keep as a therapy animal. I don't know much about cerebral palsy as far as its effects on uh, what what it actually... What, what I don't think it matters. Cerebral palsy. I mean, was she able to make her own decisions for herself, or was she... 
Uh, did she? If just, she wasn't able to make her own decisions, is it her father's decision whether or not to put her in the car and gas her? It was her <laughs> no. father's decision, I believe. I'm sorry, what, Dave? It was her father's decision, if I read it correctly. Yeah, it definitely was his decision. I thank you for the call tonight. I All appreciate right, you bringing that up. It's an interesting issue. And we don't know what her position was, obviously. She didn't write a note or anything like that. Did he just decide he was sick and tired of taking care of the kid and, uh, well, leave her in the car, close the door to the garage, and leave the engine on? I wonder what, uh, what all that, uh, how all that transpired. It's not a very pleasant thought, any no, of it. No, it's certainly not. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to comment on whatever you want. Let's go to Jerry in California. You are on Free Talk Live. Jerry. Still there? We're here. There you are. Hey, uh, I have a suggestion. I mean, with since we just had the big... November 4th election, and they do all this vetting for their candidates, why don't they have make sure that the candidates know their civics? I, don't, I, I mean, don't know, know... What do you mean you by know, that? You know what I'm saying? When you say they know their civics, what's Barack that Obama mean? was a, uh, a constitutional lawyer, right? Oh, no, no. I'm not talking about okay. him. I'm talking about the other side. Specifically, a woman. Okay, what are you getting at? Oh, let's just say, like, let's just say Sarah Palin. I mean, when she starts talking about, oh, I've had international or whatever exposure because I, I, I can see Russia for my, you know, whatever. Come on, guys. It's clever. It's clever. It's a, it's a thought. It's just, you know, you know, at least they have some knowledge of how government works. What are you suggesting? You're suggesting that some politicians don't know enough about the operations of government? Is that what you're getting at? Well, the government or 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 actually what's going on in the actual real world. So you're suggesting that because one lives in Alaska, one does not understand what the real world is like? No, but let's just say I'm using her as an example because what once you started hearing her speak and all the stuff that was going on, it just didn't sound like she really had it together, and she was not. I wouldn't have trusted her if let's just say. But you if, trust the other if, politicians, right? I mean, is it is an inform is an uninformed king or queen better than an informed king or queen? Well, no, but they at least uh, they know how things work. Or they, they know I find what that is scary. Going on in the country or in in the world. Yeah, I, I don't really think it's that confusing. I mean, when you become a politician, you understand how things work, and the way things work is like this: you have what they call authority. It's power. You've got men with guns at your disposal, and they will do whatever it is you order them to do. So you use your power to benefit your friends and to punish your enemies. And if your enemies speak up too loudly, you send the men with the guns after them. It doesn't matter whether you're the mayor of a small town in Alaska or you're the president of the United States. You understand what the job's about. It's about ruling over people. It's not that complicated. I thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. And I'm with you, Mark. I'd rather have them not know what the hell government's all about and then actually have some clue as to how to manipulate it most effectively. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. They include the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Free for you. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you there. Now, if you want to help support the show and uh, you like Free Talk Live and you appreciate what we're doing... 
there are a few different ways that we ask that uh, you help us out online, and one of those ways at the moment is our survey, which is survey.freetalklive.com. Now, we don't, we don't really even need you to fill out the whole thing. You're welcome to do that. It's not too lengthy. Just need sex and age. Sex and age. You don't even need to put your email address in if you don't feel uh, comfortable doing right. that. I've kind of been noticing that there's a uh, there's an abundance, a plethora of people who are below the ages of 25. And, I, you know, we know from callers and just interacting with people that it's uh, larger than that, that, you know, people's ages can be higher than that. And We know our radio audience is pretty strong in the 25-54 demo. Yeah, it's pretty clear that... Um, the that the people younger the younger a person is the more likely they are to fill out a survey, and the older people just aren't as likely to do it, and women aren't as likely to do it as men. Just so you know, please, if you're listening, go to survey.freetalklive.com, fill it out. If you're over the age of 25, that's well, I'm not going to tell anybody who's right? under um, if not to do it. But you I'm can just, if you're under. But we specifically need more people, more respondents over from over the age of 25. So, is that right? That would be nice. Survey.freetalklive.com. Uh, we're going to jump back to the calls here shortly. But, Mark, I, something I noticed here during uh, during the, the break, I was uh, poking around on uh, some show prep here, and I just noticed an ad banner uh, pop up. And I just – it kind of struck me because some there's been a trend that I've been paying attention to eh, off and on. It's not like I have television, so I don't really see most of the slogans uh, for the companies out there these days. But I can remember some of them that just struck me as kind of dumb, like McDonald's, I'm loving it, or Army Strong. And so I've seen this trend in the realm of slogans to just kind of get dumbed down. And maybe it's because people are being dumbed down by this, the government indoctrination camps or whatever. So be, dumber, guess. dumber people are getting into the advertising agencies, and so they're no, coming think, up with dumb, I- I dumb ideas. I don't think that dumber people necessarily are getting into ads, although I – you know, I, I – I think that they're the, the times of really great slogans. Uh, they don't seem to be happening nearly as often as they did back in the old days. But maybe it's because we got to see all the old old slogans at one time, whereas the new good ones only come out trickling. But good point. I, I would say that likely they're trying to appeal to a dumber audience. If if that's um, if, if it's so, what you're saying. But I thought. He, I think it's kind of an interesting observation. They well, do seem to be uh, simpler. One of the ones that uh, bugs me, I think bugged me most recently, was uh, the, the bags of Doritos now have a, I don't know what you call it, when, what do you call this kind of campaign, but what they're doing is they're highlighting young people who are doing something, and their their slogan for this program is, do something. So it's like, Doritos, do something. And the idea is to encourage uh, young people who apparently are generally doing nothing uh, to, do something. to do something. And so then they pick one of them and they highlight them. You know, this is so-and-so. He's age 27, and here's what he did. And they write a little paragraph about what he's done for whatever reason. And usually it has to do with some sort of charitable thing, yeah, typically. Do something, but, anything. But just do something. It just just strikes me as kind of dumb. And this one really struck me. It's a Radio Shack ad at EagleTimes.com. And I'm thinking... I don't know if this is the national slogan. I'm gonna have to check this. Maybe it's just an maybe it's just the uh, the one ad for the Springfield, Vermont Radio Shack. But it says, "Do stuff with the stuff you got." <laughs> you know, pretty soon um, the 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 slogan is just gonna be uh, "crap." Yeah, I just. <laughs> have you ever seen Idiocracy, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I have it uh, on order from uh, Netflix. So you have not no. yet seen it. Oh, yeah. That's going to 
<laughs> if you haven't seen Idiocracy, it's a Mike Judge film. Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, great some great cartoons. Uh, he also did Office Space, live action movie Office Space. So this is his, I believe his live action movie that came after Office Space. It's called Idiocracy. It was, I think it was originally intended for a theatrical release, but Fox basically decided that it was too insulting to the American populace because it's essentially a movie about the future. It's about uh, this average army guy, this guy that's like a sea average, just average army dude kind of guy who gets chosen for a cryogenics experiment uh, to freeze him because, <laughs> you know, he's just an army guy. It doesn't really matter. He's not that bright. And so they freeze this guy, and then he wakes up. I don't know how long it is later, but he wakes up later on, and society has so devolved People have become so stupid. Uh, they've just become so dumbed down, and it's like this—it's like this slogan to the extreme, basically. And, and they really do have uh, slogans like "f this" and "crap" and stuff like that. And they shout it—they shout it really loud at you through the television. And it's just—it's such an amazing vision. And it, apparently, it was so true to reality that Fox said, "Well, uh, direct a video. We're, we're just going to do direct a video here. Uh, no theatrical release." And they basically s canned the movie, and you can find it on DVD. But it's—it's it's one of those hidden. Gems, you know? Yeah. So, Idiocracy, definitely recommend that. But just, I mean, can, it, can a slogan get much worse than this? Do stuff with the stuff you got. I mean, it's not even correct English. I mean, let alone the <laughs> well, fact that you're repeating of... <laughs> stuff twice in a short sentence. It's also the stuff you have. It's the stuff you have. Am I right about that, Mark? I mean, maybe I'm no, I'm no English scholar here. It, that sounds right to me. <laughs> so, well, it, it, you know, it's, it's a big mess as far as it goes, but it just sounds dumb. I guess is yeah. probably the way to. Uh, so let's go to your phone calls. John is on the line in Texas. John, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I found this uh, amazing thing by this scientist who's been working with the monatomic, monatomic gold. I think you got a problem with your phone there. I tell you what, we're going to put you on hold to uh, see if you can clear that up. I think, Mark, the crankers are on us tonight. I oh, think they're the good. Cr- yeah, I think the crankers are on Excellent. us. Excellent. But, man, if you're going to do a crank, don't do a scratchy phone crank. That's not funny. That's just annoying. Uh, because what what kind of clued me in earlier was the weird, bizarre call about how uh, you remember the caller that said, "Well, uh, on the uh, election day, there was a train hijacked with box cutters." <laughs> that sounds kind of strange to me. Let's go. Let's go back <laughs> it, it, to him. It completely passed me by. Maybe he cleared. Maybe his line cleared up. John in Texas, you're back on Free Talk Hello? Live. Hello. I'm not a cranker. Okay, what do you got for us? No, it was uh, it was one scientist who was uh. He's been experimenting with like monatomics, like gold and a lot of like ancient herbs, uh, stuff that has to do with like um, reconnecting uh, the body to the spirit, uh, like uh, not so much physically, but like uh, like herbs that react with the spirit. And uh, he harvests them out of Utah. But a lot of it have you ever back, tried like, salvia, John? Salvia. Salvia. You ever tried that? I mean, if you want to try, if you want to explore the realm of herbs that can link uh, link you back to your spirit or whatever, I think salvia would be uh, one of those things that would qualify. Salvia divinorum. Yeah, salvia divinorum. Oh, well, I know it's still legal right now, but uh, it depends on I where know, you live. I know yeah. Indians used to uh, smoke it to try and. Uh, uh, gain access to like portals of other worlds, but uh, let me tell you, I, I have not gotten, I have not gone through the portal yet. Uh, but I did, uh, I did order some 10x. I had some 5x, and the, the, the 5x means that they've taken the salvia divinorum leaves and they've sort of compressed it down and and basically made. I mean, it's like the the, the essentially it's the hash of salvia divinorum, and so they have 5x and 10x and 15x and 20x and I think like 40x now. 
And so I tried the 5X, and I had some friends that seemed to go into quite a little trippy zone with it. I've never really gotten much more than just a good laugh fest out of Salvia Divinorum, so I figured I'd bump up to the uh, the 10X flavor. So you've never tried it? No, no, I'm uh, not really sure I'm at that level yet. You're not at that level. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Well, hey, man, uh, so, so what about this scientist guy? I mean, what's he doing exactly? I'm confused. Well, the site is called ZPTech.com, but uh, like uh, he goes back to a lot of uh, ancient Egyptian what, what's uh, that? Uh, research know. where they out. talk about um, the herbs, right? They talk about the uh, herbs, like because monatomic gold has this kind of uh, synchronicity where it kind of uh, it reacts with like um, they call it like spiritual DNA. And uh, I remember I used to take. I love uh, this guy. He's just throwing stuff. out all this nonsense. <laughs> Monatomic gold, spiritual DNA, herbs, hey, hey, Egyptians. It's free talk, right? It's a great I'm call. <laughs> I think it's you a great call. You're not doing too bad. Anybody that can, anybody that can just prattle on with just nonsensical. <laughs> I mean, do you have actually? Did you write down these words in front of you and like you're just picking them and inserting them in sentences? How did you structure this call? No, it's brilliant. I'm being real, but I'll be respectful. I know it sounds kind of uh, new. All right, what's the scientist's name? If you're being real. Uh, let me go to the site. <laughs> what was the site again? Go ahead, plug it again. It's ZPTech.com. And what, are you there right here. now, Mark? No, What's... no, dot net. Dot net. Dot net. Well, dot org. I'm at ZPTech.com, and it does have the word monoatomic, monoatomic bath bundle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate hearing from you, you John. Can... That was a good call. It was a good crank. You could buy their snake oil right here. What is it? What is so this There's site? a white powder of gold, the first level of monatomic powders. Uh, monatomic. Yeah, monatomic. I have no idea what that Monatomic means. gold by high energy Now, I'm no scientist. Eight ounces that concentrate <laughs> to what? Is that guy, is, do you think John is like a distributor? Like Maybe. he's just trying to sell some monatomic gold? Sweet. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, David's calling in. He wants to talk about salvia. Whatever you want goes. This is Free Talk Live. Hour three's coming up. Toll-free. 800-259-9231. You bring up what you want. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. So those other talk show hosts want to charge you to get into their sites, forget them. Come to freetalklive.com and enjoy all of it on us, freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. David on the line in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Evening, fellas. Hey, David, what's on your mind tonight? It's so funny that you brought up salvia because I was just having a conversation with my mom about it maybe really? an hour ago. Okay, what was the conversation How'd that about? go? Well, <laughs> we were reading a book on herbalism that she just picked out from the library, and then it just kind of came up how Walmart had it on their shelves and had to get rid of it. So I was telling uh-huh. her what my experience was like smoking the stuff. And um, I'd like to explain it to you guys. I've only done it twi- twice. I think it was a 4X. Okay. And the first time I did Before it... Before you go on, when you tell sure. the story, can you turn up the stoner accent just a little? <laughs> like, I could try. I okay, yeah. I mean, uh, it'll, it'll make for better radio. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll turn it into a promo. Come on. 
All right. Stop being mean, um, Mark. What? Mean old man. <laughs> He's trying to He's tell us about his trip report. Here, you know? I want to hear the trip report. All right. So you did okay. your, your okay. Salvia Divinorum. So, By the way, let's set the stage here briefly. Salvia Divinorum is a, it's currently a legal drug in most places in America. I think there are probably five or six states that have decided to outlaw it because, well, it's a drug and it's gotten some attention. And, of course, when drugs get attention, the people in governments decide to make them illegal. Isn't one in Montana or is it mm. Minnesota? I don't know. But in, the in the north. But anyway, it's a very, uh, it's a, it can be, from what I understand, a very intense psychedelic, and it uh, lasts for, mm, I think, five, ten minutes peak, and you kind of just come down after that. So it's a very, very short, but very a potentially intense drug. And so, with that in mind, what was your experience? Okay, <clears throat> so I had a lot of warnings previous, so I was a little antsy about it. Mm-hmm. We uh, put a little bit in a bowl smoked it and i started feeling like a body buzz after about 30 seconds and then it seemed like my entire field of vision became one-dimensional and my peripheral vision extended to infinity on either side then this whole before you go on one-dimensional picture i'm I'm trying to figure out what one-dimensional looks like i know what two-dimensional is like a flat sheet of paper but is one-dimensional like something your mind told you that it was one-dimensional or yeah trust me it doesn't need to make sense you just have to try it Got it. Okay. <laughs> so two-dimensional would probably be a better way to explain it. But it okay. went on to infinity in my peripheral vision. Then this whole picture picked up and arced back like a rainbow. So the whole picture arced back like a trail as I kind of laid down on the couch. And then it felt like I was somewhere between Saturn and Mars for about two or three minutes. And then all of a sudden I snapped out of it. Now, the wow. second time I smoked it, I had a totally different experience. Now, was the it, second uh, time, hold on, was the second time in close proximity to the first time, or was it like months later? No, it was the same day. Same day, okay. In fact, it was so intense, we all had to dare each other to do it again. I'd like to I mean, point out to the, like, uh, the youth, uh, youth group directors, the local <laughs> churches, that uh, Salvia Divinorum is legal. Completely legal just trying in to most point places. <laughs> yeah. So my second experience was just totally different than the first, amazingly enough. It felt like my face closed like a book, and then I shrunk into myself, and then I saw these little, like, spiral patterns. And and for me, the whole experience only lasted about four minutes, and then you come right out of it. You know, I wish poetry paid better, because the the descriptions you've made have been awesome. However, you'll go (laughs) broke being a poet, because, you know, poets are broke. So you tried yeah. it twice, and then you decided to swear it off? You did, was it too intense, or why haven't you done it again? It costs too much. I'm not going to pay that much money for it. I mean, if I could grow it in my backyard, that'd be one thing. But literally, it's like when I started to come out of it, the only thing I could say for about a minute was, that's not right. That's just not right. <laughs> so much for the poetry there, huh? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I've tried all sorts of stuff, everything basically but uh, heroin and methamphetamines never even really seen either of those but i've never ever ever had anything more intense than salvia that's amazing i right, thank you for yep. the story anything else you wanted to say uh, that's pretty much all i got on the brain thanks for the call tonight david appreciate hearing one. from you 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line whether you want to give us your trip reports or whatever it is that's on your mind this is your show if you dial in 1-800-259-9231 mark you're, you're kind of looking 
I, I got nothing to say. I mean, okay. I, you know, it bothers me. That's all what I can bothers say. You? The fact, just the fact that it's illegal so, or what? Just everything to do with talking about psychedelics bothers me. You know, I don't know if, if it's... And I've probably done more than you. It may be considered... You know, I, I, told, I called it a psychedelic and may, it may be considered something else, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it a little more, I don't have the salvia frequently asked questions in front of me. But if you do want to learn more about stuff like this, uh, you should go to arrowid.org because if you're going to get into the realm of uh, psychedelics, you really need to be cautious. Uh, you really need to do your research. And I think that's one of the problems. Julia and I were talking about this today. And that is that one of the big problems with the black marketplace is that there's no real uh, indication. In, there's no real information that is given out with the drugs to say, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's the appropriate way to take this product. Right. Uh, there's no safety An owner's info. manual will be really good right. with LSD, right? There's, there's no safety info or anything like that. You can find the information, thank goodness, because we have the Internet today, and it's just a matter of going to arrowid.org and, and looking at but the But putting it in someone's hand would be that much more valuable. Right. Well, because when most they get kids, the drug, I mean. Right. Most kids, they, they are only hearing things from their friends. Oh, you need to try this, whatever this might be. Oh, okay, sure. I'll try it. Here, take it. I had it, no idea what acid it. was before I took it. Never. Really? I yeah. didn't. I just took it. Right. I mean, that must have been just a... An amazing, uh, mind-blowing experience when you don't know what you're expecting. And not that you can really know what to expect by reading something on the Internet, but you can know what you need to do to take care of yourself in a a state like that. In an altered state, uh, there are certain things that you need to know. I mean, one of the things is having some water around, having a sitter around is important as well. Somebody, if you're going into to the realm of the, the trip, it's good to have somebody who's completely sober nearby to make sure you don't do anything stupid Absolutely. to yourself. So these are some basics, right? There's, there's more to the story. You need to know about uh, overdose potential. You need to know about the different, uh, different types of... Uh, Ways to take it, the um, the amounts that you need to uh, that you need to take. There's a lot of subtleties here, and you just don't get that information from the black market dealers. They they, they presume you know what you're doing, and they'll sell it to you. And they and can really it. care less in a lot of cases. Well, they probably want you to come back and buy more, but yeah, they, it doesn't Sorry, really matter. Man, the guy who gave me LSD yeah. did could have cared less That's whether true. it killed me. That's probably true uh, in many cases. So uh, what I'm recommending here is that if you're interested in stuff like this, even if it's salvia, and remember, just because salvia is legal, as David was saying, doesn't mean it's not the most intense trip he's ever experienced. It's only four minutes. You're going to come out of it. If you're having a bad trip, it's not a big, big deal because you're going to come out of it quickly. But it's still pretty intense from what he's, exp- from what he's explained and from what other people have His experienced. His face closed like a book. Yeah. Well, and you can go online and you can actually watch video of people doing it, which is actually kind of... Uh, Kind of amusing, watching people on Salvia. Uh, but it's, it's, of course, the YouTube phenomenon is what has actually led to Salvia becoming illegal in some states because it's, uh, it's become popular. All, gotta, for, all you have to do is show that at the state house. Yeah. It's become popular for people to record their trips uh, on YouTube, and, and that's you know, resulting in some negative publicity. So even if it's something that's legal, you need to do your due diligence and do your research and make sure that you're ready to do something like that. And you can go and get that information over at arrowid.org. I'm a huge fan of that website. Certainly there are other sites out there. There's some message boards, but that's kind of just where some scurvy message people boards. hang out. Um, yeah, message boards are no fun to try to figure information out on. No, you don't want to trust necessarily what somebody on a message board is posting. Well, it's just it, it's it's not a it's not a good concise way to store information. You're, yeah, you're reading post to post. One person knows something, the next person doesn't. Uh, if you're over at Arrowhead, you can find uh, frequently asked questions with all kinds of detailed information on various different drugs, even uh, even prescription drugs. 
there are a lot there are a lot of people out there abusing things like Xanax and yeah. and Percocets and hydrocodone based stuff. Uh, you can learn about these things if you just poke around and, and do a little bit of research. Don't I, uh, just jump into this. <laughs> that uh, I, I took uh, Xanax for when I um, had to get my operation recently. I was I, I got a vasectomy, and uh, after Jack, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my wife said it was the funniest thing she'd ever. She thought I was faking when you were on this the yeah. Xanax. She, I, I, we'd drive by on, on the way there or back or whatever. I'd be drive. We'd drive by a restaurant. I go, mmm, pizza, mmm, <laughs> chicken. <laughs> she, uh, we got the. Uh, Fried funny. chicken. I said, "This is the best macaroni and cheese I've <laughs> ever had in my life." Wow. 800-259-9231. Hey, since we're on the topic, let's talk about what Amsterdam is up to. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those. And they include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The lovely Julia joining us here for the remainder of the program. Of course, we were talking in the last segment about drugs, and since I know that's one of your favorite topics, I wanted to bring you in as uh, the resident expert on such things. Uh, We were talking about Arrowhead.org, and uh, some of the... the, Well, what brought this up was a conversation about Salvia Divinorum, actually. Mark claims that he's done more psychedelics than you, but I doubt you've done more psychedelics than me. That's probably... I don't think I have. So, uh, so you you are definitely. I have, however, done acid in prison. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. One time, I I ate acid. I, I don't and, recommend it. <laughs> and I there was police officers everywhere. I was out in public somewhere, which I do not advise generally. But um, I thought for sure I was going to jail. Like I was convinced that the police officers were there for me, and they weren't. But. Um, I the, paranoia, I dreaded relative. I dreaded tripping in jail. Paranoia re- relatively common when taking drugs. Well, that's why you don't do drugs in public. You'd think if you're in jail for nine years though, and you had the opportunity to take some uh, say, take some drugs like LSD, that you'd be so bored. Why not? Yeah, I you know uh, jail maybe so. I wasn't in jail. You were I was in prison. prison. I see. But haven't some people said that uh, jail can be worse than prison? Um, most people do, I think. I mean, it's just you don't agree with that. I do agree with that. Jail's so, boring. I see. You just sit in a cell in most cases, or a cell block. You don't gotcha. go anywhere at all. And in prison, I had a job. So, uh, so we were just talking about this in general, and of course, I was giving some suggestions to people that when when you when we discuss this topic, Mark is very nervous, you know, because we don't want it to sound like we're uh, necessarily endorsing that young people go run out and do these things. I am not. Uh, but however, what I do understand is that young people are going to go out and do these things, and so in the event that you are going to do such things. Uh, doing your due diligence and actually learning about what it is that you're getting yourself into is a really important uh, important thing to do. And Arrowhead.org is a, a such a wonderful resource. I think that people need to know about it. Right. That's exactly how I feel on the subject. Don't do the drugs. But if you're going to do the drugs, please research the drugs first. Well, I today earlier, just because sometimes I like to do this, I was reading some of the trip reports on Arrowhead, and uh, I was specifically looking at MDMA, and I was looking at the experience reports, and pretty much all of the bad ones involved one of two things, either um, an 
black market ecstasy pill, which could have anything in it. Um, could just or, be speed. Yeah, or something ridiculous like five pills at once plus a line of meth and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just thought to myself, who would do that? I, I don't know. I, that, I didn't do stuff like that. Druggies. Like remarkably yeah. bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that if people had better access to information like that, then they wouldn't do stupid stuff like that. Exactly. And uh, a great site like Arrowhead.org does allow you to go and not only learn the facts about the drugs, but also, as you were saying, to read the experiences people had. And the experiences range from uh, glowing to absolutely terrible. Uh, so, it, it, you know, the variety of different factors, and of course, one of the main factors is is set and setting, uh, is, well, first of all, your mindset is, a, is an important factor, but also where you're doing these things. Like you said, Julia, you were out in public, cops rolled up on the scene for whatever reason reason you thought it was because of you but it turns out that that wasn't the case so having a comfortable place to be in is a really important factor 1-800-259-9231 that is the number here uh, so you're welcome to bring up whatever you want and so arrowwood.org great website highly recommended uh check it out when you get a chance uh, by the way mark you always take the position that you sh- kids shouldn't do drugs and you know i would agree that generally Kids should not do drugs. But I think that people do drugs, and I think that there's not anything wrong inherently with altering altering one's state of consciousness. I don't believe that to be uh, the case at all, and I think that uh, human beings have a natural desire to want to alter one's state of consciousness, whether it's with alcohol, which is sort of the accepted way to alter, or whether it's with some of the illegal ways. I think that uh, due diligence is the important factor here. I think lumping things together like drugs is... uh, it's dangerous. Right. Drugs and, are all different and misinformed. Um, that each drug should be taken, uh, you know, case by case, yeah. in, individually, and looked at as to whether or not you're going to take it uh, for recreational purposes. Um, and and you know, you need to look at them. And I agree that Arrowid.org and how do you spell it again? E R O W I D. I wish they had a better site than um, that weird ass yeah, name. Yeah, like Drug Info or something. Right. <laughs> um, I, they, you know, I, um, each they should be researched. If you're going to do it, research it. Obviously, I think that marijuana is uh, probably safer if you take out the illegal aspect than alcohol or something like that. Surely people don't think that uh, that they can convince their kids not to take alcohol. Come on. I mean, nine out of ten people probably in the United States drink alcohol, if not more. Absolutely. So I think that it should be case by case. If if I could give one piece of advice that anyone would listen to, never, ever, ever do inhalants. Uh, when you look at <laughs> yes. g- gas or metallic paint, gasoline, metallic paint, kerosene, the things that people will huff, these these will just addle your brain, and it'll t- likely you'll never recover from it entirely. Well, and that's one Don't of the side effects of inhalants. That's right. One of the that's side one of those of like market. not real drug drugs, like the drugs that kids do and they can't get their hands on other drugs that would probably not be done if it were not for the war on drugs like a stainless steel cleaner people right because because oh. marijuana toads. is because oh. marijuana is illegal that drives young people to go and huff well, gasoline i can remember being told all kinds of ridiculous things that could make you hallucinate or trip for example when i was very young like 14 mm-hmm. for example somebody somewhere told us that we could if you took the insides of bananas and scraped them and like did something with them and baked it off that that would make you hallucinate and so we spent all day eating that? these bananas <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> and it didn't do anything. That sounds like something you just tell some kids to come and go waste some time, like snipe hunting. <laughs> Anybody ever gone on a snipe hunt? Um, well, I haven't, no, but I've heard of it, and I think it's very funny. <laughs> Uh, um, do we I, need to explain what a snipe hunt is? We probably should. Snipe star international. But yeah, but the idea is like if you're out at a summer camp or something like that, and you're you're kind of like the, the 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 senior campers versus the new guys that are just coming out for the first time. You uh, tell them about the snipe hunting, and you of course are supposed to do it at nighttime with what do you have to have like a paper bag and a stick or something like that. <laughs> and I'm sure the, I'm sure the I'm sure it varies it, based sure on it, region. I absolutely sure it varies. Uh, but uh, but you know the the idea is that you essentially go out at night. And you're not supposed to have a flashlight or something like that. You're supposed to do it by the light of the moon. And and the, the so the kind of the old school campers lead the the new guys out and just leave them in the you know the middle of the forest. Yeah. And you know people are obviously going to ask, what's a snipe look like? And then the, yeah. the descriptions vary. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and you're supposed to get it's very like a little creative. bird or something like that. Right, something yeah. like that. Obviously, it's a, it's a, you're supposed to be catching it with a paper bag. You better be uh, right. It doesn't fly. I think it like hops around. I don't, some it's, silly thing. You can make it up. And it, it's the same kind of. Uh, it, one of the things in prison they would do, uh, they would send uh, people to get pool passes from the colonel's office. <laughs> like, there's a pool in prison. <laughs> if there was a pool, I don't want to go in it. <laughs> Yuck. Um, and they'd, they'd send them for cans of steam or a board straightener or pipe straightener and, you know, all kinds of silly stuff. Toll sure free. People have it, did it in the Army, too. 800-259-9231. There was news recently that Amsterdam was banning the Netherlands was banning the sale of psychedelic mushrooms, but that is not where they've stopped. They're now apparently going after the marijuana coffee houses. We'll uh, bring you the latest here on that story and uh, talk to you about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those, including updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Check out Bureaucrash's Podcrash, where host Zach Fix provides an interesting, principled look at the issues. Listen as they discuss activism, market alternatives to government services, and cultural issues with liberty-minded thinkers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and activists. Part entertaining, part informative, always pro-freedom, bureaucrash.com. All right, so we go to the story from the Associated Press. Looks like Amsterdam is going a little further uh, than just recently. They decided to ban psychedelic mushrooms. Apparently, those were legal to sell in the, uh, in Amsterdam until recently, and now they're going further by unveiling plans to close brothels, sex shops, and marijuana cafes. Sex shops? Like sex toy stores? or Presumably. Because it says brothels it does. slash yeah. sex shops. Presumably, yes. Uh, so, as well as marijuana cafes in its ancient city center as part of a major effort to drive organized crime out of the tourist haven. City is targeting businesses that generate criminality, including gambling parlors and the so-called coffee shops where marijuana is sold openly. 
Also targeted. Uh, no reason to go to Amsterdam them anymore. Apparently not. Uh, they're, apparently they're not shutting them all down. However, also targeted are peep shows, massage parlors, and souvenir shops used by drug dealers for money laundering. Now you know they make it sound like uh, that there's all this black market activity right, going on. Right, you think on. that these gangsters around the corner hurting people and stuff like that, but then they mention money laundering. Well, couldn't you money launder in any business? Couldn't you open a pizza shop and money launder? You could. Yeah. As any cash business, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I I can see why the criminal element might be drawn to these particular things, and I, I one of the concerns that I have about brothels, uh, you know, open in sort of one place and not open in you know geographically uh, specific places is that people will import women from other places in order to populate these brothels, and that bothers me. But you're talking about people that uh, that essentially abduct women, right? Basically. Kidnappers, yeah. Uh, they do that over in the Ukraine, for instance. They'll uh, kidnap people, and they do it actually all over Europe. Yes. Uh, it has the unsavory title of white slavery. I don't particularly like that title. but Right. It's it's slavery. Uh, they kidnap young ladies. They threaten their families, and then they take them to places like Amsterdam uh, and also, I think, the U.K. as well, and they force them to ply their wares, essentially. Well, it's not their wares. They, they push them into the business. So – the story here is that they're going to be shutting these places down. Uh, Ludwig Ascher, a city council member and one of the main proponents of the plan, says, I think that the new reality will be more in line with our image as a tolerant and crazy place rather than a free zone for criminals. The news comes just one day after Amsterdam's mayor said he'd search for loopholes. In How new is the place tolerant and crazy if they're taking away? I mean, essentially, then it's just like another city. Yeah, I'm not sure what he, you know, what he means. Uh, apparently, they're shutting down about 20% of the coffee shops. Well, who so, who decides who, yeah, which why? coffee shop? I mean, like, <laughs> which ones are getting shut down? Uh, they're saying it, that they're they're going after the ones in the ancient city center. So maybe it's like a uh, downtown revitalization. District. Yeah, cleaning like things up a little bit there. Yeah, exactly. So so apparently there are new rules that are the, they're looking for loopholes and new rules laid down by the national government that would close marijuana cafes near schools citywide. <laughs> the measures announced Saturday would affect about 36 coffee shops in the center itself, a little less than 20 percent of the city's total. Asher underlined the city center will remain true to its freewheeling reputation. He says it'll be a place with 200 windows for prostitutes and 30 coffee shops, which you can't find anywhere else in the world. Very exciting, but also with cultural attractions. And you won't have to be embarrassed to say you came. Under the plan announced Saturday, Amsterdam will spend 30 million euros to uh, 30 to 40 million euros to bring hotels, restaurants, art galleries, and boutiques to the center. We'll also build new underground parking areas. So yes, this is an, an essentially a central planning downtown revitalization project on the behalf of the bureaucrats. Yeah. So if you have a business type that they disagree with, uh, sex shops, coffee shops, uh, apparently brothels being all shut down in a certain uh, certain radius. So they're not completely clamping down on the entire industry. But a significant the sad portion. part of this is that uh, there are people that make their living doing this in wherever they are. Now, I'm not talking about the prostitutes uh, who can just hop shops and uh, go to some other other place if they're any good. I mean, the, it would obviously call out the low the low end. But what about the people that own these uh, marijuana or coffee shops? Too uh, bad. Yep. See ya. Amsterdam already had plans to close many brothels and some coffee shops, but plans announced Saturday go further. Asher said the city would reshape the area using zoning rules, buying out businesses, and offering assistance to upgrade stores. The city has shut brothels and sex clubs in the past by relying on a a law allowing the closure of businesses with bookkeeping irregularities. So apparently the Amsterdam government gets to come in, check your books, and if you've made a mistake... 
they can shut your business down. Prostitution will be allowed in only two areas in the district, uh, notably Dewalin, a web of streets and alleys around the city's medieval retaining dam walls. The area has been a center of prostitution since before the city's golden shipping age in the 1600s. It was legalized in the Netherlands in 2000, formalizing a long-standing tolerance policy. Marijuana is technically illegal in the Netherlands, but prosecutors won't press charges for possession of small amounts. Coffee shops are able to sell it openly. So... Party's not completely over in Amsterdam, but from the uh, the ancient in the ancient portion of the city, it's all but complete. Hmm. Not good news. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Mark, you want to go into an email here? Yeah, I've, I've got one uh, sitting here. Um, this is kind of an interesting question. I don't think we've ever been asked this before. This is from uh, Smork. What do you think about science in general? I've gotten the impression that the view of the hosts, besides Nick, have a distrust of people who pursue a career in science. In Ian's case, I see that this is a distrust of those who he regards as authorities without any distinction between those who demand acceptance of their authority on a subject and those who have simply become known as authorities on a subject because of their continued research and focus on the topic. In your case, Mark, I have no clue because I believe my objectivity has been unwittingly tainted by a selection-based reinforcing of my positive perception of your opinion. He likes what you have to say. Apparently. Okay. Science is not a body of work. Or, and he, of course, he asks the question and then, and then proceeds to defend science. It's interesting. Science is not a body. I don't body know what of, it was I've said that's anti-science. Well, I think... I, I like science. Science is cool, man. Technology, I'm all into that. I, I'm, I, I, I like science, and I like looking at things from sort of the, the scientific uh, you know, uh, viewpoint. But when you start getting... You know, when, you, when you get to the point where you accept what scientists say, you know, um, and I, by the way, I've never talked to a scientist and never read a scientific paper. The only thing I get is, you know, maybe uh, I've read a few articles at a Scientific American, but besides that, you're talking about, I get it from the news media, where they say, scientists say global warming is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I think well, some scientists say differently. Right. I, I think one should take that information with a grain of salt. I think that uh, scientists, like all people, can be tainted from their viewpoint. That uh, Sometimes they're tainted because they're getting money from the government to research things the government wants them to find out about. I question, uh, I, I question vaccines, uh, you know, the, the skeptics out there. I am a libertarian. I am not a skeptic. Uh, I know that Penn and Teller are, and, and, and there are many skeptics in the libertarian realm. Well, it sounds realm. like you're skeptical of vaccines. I'm skeptical of skeptics. I'm skeptical a scientist too um i think it's healthy to be skeptical right and the the the, i know that you know vaccines hurt people because the sickest i've ever been is from taking a vaccine Mm. so i have a um and and i know people out there will say this is causation and correlation Uh, i did ask on the message board uh, how many times i would have to take the vaccine and get my and get sick myself to know that the vaccine causation right and they said 37 or 34 (laughs) no thanks no thanks Two times was enough for me. So, you know, Jack is is not vaccinated, and I've read a lot on it. You know, it's difficult to know. There's so much science out there, and so many people that say this is science and that is science. It's it's difficult for a person who's a layperson in a particular area to know better. So do I take the authority's word on things? No. Do I like science? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, all of the wonderful things that we enjoy in this technological world are based in science, right? Mathematics and things like that. Physics, all very important and all very critical uh, to our reality. So, But, yeah, just accepting someone's word because they're wearing a lab coat, no. Why would anybody do something like that? You have to be questioning towards science and just question everything. 
So I don't really understand what it was that, that, that brought this question out in the first place. More on the way. You could take control. Bring up what you want, even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so. By becoming an amplifier for three bucks a month, we take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on as many radio stations as we possibly can and spreading the message of freedom and liberty around the world. You get access to perks like access to the Amp Only Call In Lines chat room forum and more. All the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So uh, you can still bring up what you want in these remaining moments. You know, I was thinking about the Amsterdam story. I wanted to jump back to that real quick. The Associated Press reporting that in Amsterdam, at least in the city, uh, the portion of the city that is considered the ancient city center, they're going to be shutting down uh, the marijuana coffee shops that are so popular uh, in Amsterdam, also closing down some brothels, sex shops, and other things. And they're talking about the, the reason is because there's organized crime hanging around. And Mark, you pointed out that Organized crime definitely exists in the realm of prostitution in in Amsterdam. Even though it's legal to be a prostitute, organized crime still exists in that they are bringing prostitutes into Amsterdam and, by force. They're, they're essentially kidnapping them from their home countries, bringing them to Amsterdam and, and forcing them to work. And one of the reasons why that's happening is because, well, Amsterdam is really the only place where it's legal. So there's kind of the... An excessive level of demand for services, and so the people that are getting into the business of providing those services, for whatever reason, are the organized crime element. And it's it's tragic, and one of the things that would solve the problem would be to have more legal prostitution in other places. Because well, right currently, what you you know you have a situation where people are going to Amsterdam in order to use prostitutes. Yes, and you have a um, so therefore they essentially need to bring people into Amsterdam in order to service those people that are coming into Amsterdam to get the services. Because somebody you know the rest of the geographic areas around won't allow just individuals to you know change money for services there. So you've got this this strange situation going. And I wish I knew more about the situation, too, as far as what some of the subtleties might be of the legalities of prostitution there, like why it is that why it is that this is going on so much beyond the point that you've made about the concentration factor of the prostitutes. Are there other reasons that organized crime is involved that we're just not really familiar with because we're not close to the situation? Well, they're claiming that there's uh, that these businesses are shady, so therefore the uh, the organized crime is using them for laundering purposes. And you'll often hear things said like that about uh, strip clubs and, and, and stuff like that. But really, I think what it is is you, you've heard these bureaucrats. They just don't like them being in the downtown region where mm-hmm. they've been since before the 1600s. Yeah, maybe it's just convenient for them to say, there's organized crime around these parts. Maybe, it, maybe they're not really. You don't know. I mean, I, you do hear about these things. But generally, when it comes to making things legal, is the, the good business businessmen will drive out the bad. Yes. And you know, it's the cop's job to stop violence, right? Um, hopefully, Right. Supposedly, that's what they're doing. And, you know, if, if that's your if you if the cops aren't stopping violence, then I you know, there's a real problem there. But, you know, in Las Vegas, sorry, you cannot say organized crime is running Las Vegas. It's just not. 
Well, the government's running Las Vegas, and that is organized crime. But all that aside, one of the other things I wanted to point out about this was that drugs are not legal in Amsterdam. It is sort of tolerated for people to sell marijuana in some of these coffee shops, but it's still not legal to sell uh, – it's now not legal to sell psychedelic mushrooms or anything else, ecstasy, uh, LSD, whatever else might be on the market over there, all of that stuff, heroin, all illegal. And so as long as there is a black market in products and services, there will be organized crime around to deliver those products and services to the, the wanting buyers. And so as long as they are occupying the drug trade, then it makes sense for them to occupy other trades, like they mentioned gambling in the story, and, they, and they're, of course, talking about prostitution as well. So the fact that some prohibition still exists means that the organized criminals will still exist as well. So it should be no surprise to anybody that this kind of behavior is still going on. After all, there are still some prohibited products and services. And as long as that happens... A lot of prohibited products and services, not just some. Most of them are still prohibited. So that's why the gangsters are getting involved. And technically, marijuana is still prohibited. Right. You can't sell marijuana on the streets. I mean, it happens, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, Uh, it does. But it is illegal. It's illegal for the coffee shops to sell it. But they do it, and they get away with it because probably just too many people would get busted. They don't have the the court time. They don't. Who knows what their reasoning is? They uh, probably know that it brings a lot of money into their country. It definitely does that. That much is uh, for sure. I can't think of another reason I'd ever go to Amsterdam. I don't know why they make don't make the marijuana legal and then tax it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me have it illegal. It probably is taxed anyway. Maybe it is. I'm not sure how it all works over My there. My understanding but... is the federal government uh, essentially has made marijuana illegal by not giving out tax stamps here in the United States. I, I don't know. You, you might be right about that. I don't. I, I understand there is a Marijuana Tax Act. Right. That's how they made it illegal, I believe, but they didn't give out any stamps was the, was the catch. Right. Or the. I believe it was also that the tax was just so high it would make it just impossible to sell. Like, you'd have to pay, like, $120 a gram. Yeah, this is from back... Tax. Uh, the, the, the Tax Stamp Act or whatever was from back when the, the, the government yeah, pretended to still follow the Constitution a little bit. Right. So, 800-259-9231. Just some extra comments there on why the organized crime element, if it still exists in Amazon, is still... Or, the not Amazon. Amsterdam uh, is still there. <laughs> it, it's there because of prohibition. Plain and simple. So, uh, with that in mind, Mark, let's continue with uh, some emails. Do you have that other one up? That, that I'm ready you, to go. Do you have that available? Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is from uh, Ron here. It says, I was curious um, that uh, what you or the show's attitude was towards the poor. Would you let the homeless simply sleep in the street because helping them might be considered socialist or the like? What? I've never heard the show address this topic. He's never heard the show. He has not listened very long. And in general, I'm, I guess I'm not sure about the free market you guys talk about. I'm not looking for a fight here, just instruction. Part of me is very concerned that having no kind of regulation will just allow a bunch of unelected sharks to prey more effectively on those with lesser means. I'm not sure the marketplace can act quickly enough to stop abuses. Yes, I understand well that the government does this too, but when what um, would be the real difference between the two forms of stewardship. Now, this is really two separate questions. Julia, do you want to handle this question about the socialism, giving out money to the poor? How you feel about that? How do I feel about it? Yeah. Well, I feel uh, a couple things about it. First of all, I don't generally give money to any sort of organizations, but that's just because the government already takes a very large chunk of my money. And so if I was able to keep more of my money, I absolutely would donate to organizations that helped 
homeless people. I don't dislike homeless people. There's nothing socialist about that. No, I don't. I don't really. Um, I, I mean, maybe the problem is now that most charities are connected to the government in some fashion. So yeah, I guess yeah, maybe he's suggesting it's, that donating to those sorts of organizations is... I don't know. It sounded to me what, like he was just suggesting that, that helping the that homeless, helping the homeless was socialist? somehow socialist. And no, uh, I mean, maybe they own that issue or something, but no, that's not the case. Uh, the I like helping people. Right. Well, I like helping people on a voluntary basis, and, and that's where that's what the difference is here. I mean, there's when you give to an organization because you're interested and because you care, that's different from socialism, which is where everyone is taxed and then the government takes that tax money and, and decides, decides gets, gets it and arbitrarily Which how a to large it. amount goes to themselves instead of yes. actually helping the poor. So you've pointed this out before, that something like 70% goes to pay the bureaucrats. So we would technically you would only need to raise 30% of that, essentially yeah. what's raised now. Plus, there would probably be a lot less homeless people if there wasn't so much government assistance out there because I'm sure there are plenty of homeless people that just like doing nothing. They just don't want to take responsibility for mm-hmm. themselves. So. I don't know what the number is, but it would certainly weed out just the lazy ones. Yeah. Um, do you remember yeah. the guy that used to call the show Homeless John? Yeah. Um, he, he said, I just don't work because I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> remember he had, some, he had some weird Louisiana accent. Yeah, he was hanging out at the library. And he, you know, he just hung out at the library all day. He was completely able to work, said he could work, just didn't want to work. Doesn't mind essentially urban camping. There's lots right. of people that go out and sleep in tents for fun in the woods. They're called campers. Yep. Well, if you do it for all the time, you're homeless. You're homeless. <laughs> I mean, you know, so yeah, they, they can get a certain, there, there is a certain number, and I don't know whether it's a majority or minority or whatever, but if you got rid of, uh, it looks the sort of uh, mandated uh, entitlement kind of assistance for these people, you'd weed out a, gr- a great deal of them that are essentially being lazy. Now, I don't know how many of them are. I wouldn't propose to say that. And the ones that do need help would likely get it from, uh, first off, mutual aid societies. I know it sounds awful, but when you start talking about poor houses, these were systems that worked. They were getting people on their feet. Poor, poor people that out. got together, and you know, likely they'd be given a uh, you know a house donated by somebody who cared, and they would live together, and they would uh, you know work with each other to get themselves out of the poor house. So the answer is that liberty-minded people, in many cases, are very, very charitable. It's just that we wish to engage in real charity, where we get to decide for ourselves which organizations deserve our money, as opposed to having some government bureaucrat steal it from us and then make the decisions for us, which we might not agree with. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.